This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. As we stand, let us pray. Heavenly Father, from eternity your plan of salvation has been made known in the light, life, and love of Christ. Grant that by your grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, we may receive your gift of eternal life and become beacons of hope. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning and merry sixth day of Christmas. Thank you. Uh, it's Christmas or Christmas tide all the way up until January 6th, the Epiphany. But you wouldn't know it by retail standards. Two days after Christmas, uh, Christmas Day, that is, um, it was all over. I went into TJ Maxx, no piped-in holiday music, no red and green decorations, just a few little bits of leftover whatnots in a discount bin. It was over. How quickly the commercial world moves on. But this is where the church year, where the liturgical calendar really helps us. It helps us linger and pause. It gives us time to consider what difference the entry of God into the world in the form of a baby makes to our lives. It helps us slow down and notice. One of the things that we notice is that the church always reads the same gospel every first Sunday of Christmas, John's gospel. It begins with weighty and familiar words. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. When you read John, you have to fasten your seatbelt because he catapults us back in time, back to eternity. He begins with Jesus in the context of all time. This is a very different starting point than how the other three gospel writers begin their accounts of Jesus. The others begin with historical, chronological, rooted time. Matthew begins his gospel with Jesus' ancestry, and Luke begins with Jesus' nativity, and Mark with Jesus' earthly ministry. John is different. He sets his story of Jesus in the context of eternity. He refers to Jesus as the Word, the Logos, the eternally divine Son of God, through whom all things were made. John's opening sentence, opening phrase, in the beginning, is intended to bring our minds all the way back to Genesis, Genesis 1, the very first words of scripture. He brings us to God and the creation of the whole world. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 4, is this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, 
let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God separated the light from the darkness. Light was the first thing the word of God spoke into creation. In his gospel, John makes the link for us. Jesus is both the word of God and the light that illumines all of creation. John writes, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. Jesus is light and life. Light and life for all people. There's something that's beautiful and terrifying about light. Light can be experienced as a warm glow or a cold glare. The kind of light that produces a glare makes us want to hide. We put on our sunglasses, we run for the shadows. Running and hiding in the shadows is exactly what Adam and Eve did when they turned from God's loving presence and by eating the forbidden fruit. The light of God's love had not changed, but how they experienced it did. Light can be like that. Light can also be experienced as a warm glow. After the 10 p.m. Christmas Eve service here at Ascension, my husband Jonathan and I pulled out of the side parking lot, and we remarked how dark the building looked. Usually, like you, when we're leaving the church, it's Sunday afternoon, and and the, the sun is shining. But of course, it was past midnight. As we rounded the bend of the parking lot, we stopped in surprise as we caught a glimpse of something stunningly beautiful. While the church was indeed cast in darkness, a faint light inside the building illuminated the stained glass window. The warm glow revealed the beauty of the window. It was just the faintest light, faintest light from within that caused us to notice. God's life, light can be experienced as either a glare or a glow. As physicist and theologian Blaise Pascal wrote, in faith there is enough light for those who want to believe and enough shadow to blind those who don't. In verse 5, we're given rays of hope. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And this is good news because we dwell in darkness There's so much darkness in our world, so much hatred, so much bitterness. There's the darkness of politics and political systems. There's oppression and social divisions, all types of enslavement, and the darkness of disease and death. There's darkness in our families, too. We find the darkness of discord, of debt, of divorce, of addiction. The list could go on. And if we're we're honest, it can feel 
pretty hopeless. At one point, we may have believed that if we were smart enough, we could figure it out. We've often been told by philosophers and academics, folks like Alan Bloom, who wrote The Closing of the American Mind, he said, education is the movement from darkness to light. But we know in our gut that's simply not true. We realize that we can't think or learn or teach or strategize our way out of darkness. We need a different way. Indeed, the eternal word is not only the light of the world, but he is also the life for the world. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So what difference does a does baby Jesus laying in a manger make anyway? What has Christmas got to do with our predicament? We get a hint of it in this morning's epistle reading. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul explains, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. Life, new life, comes to us through Jesus. The eternally begotten Son of God, born in a manger, fully human, fully God, came to live and die that we might become God's children again. Jesus' birth, death, resurrection, ascension, his life brings life to those who believe. There's agreement in John's Gospel on this. In verse 12, he writes, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When we received Jesus, we received his gift of eternal life. Everything changes from the inside out. The power of God comes to us from the outside and takes root inside. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, births us into God's family. This is what John explains as verse 12 continues. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. This is what it means to be reborn. This is what spiritual transformation means. This is how everything changes from the inside out. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus also said, I have come as the light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. No longer must we huddle in in the shadow of sin and shame as Adam and Eve did. Rather, 
We walk in the life and light as beloved children of God. While not all will receive Jesus, those who turn to him in faith are given everything they need to share in his light, life, and love. The Reverend Martin Luther King once wrote, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So Jesus is the light. Jesus is our life and our light. And Jesus is love. It is in love that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It is for love that the scriptures proclaim, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It is in love that Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. How might it look for you and for me to live in the light, life, and love of Jesus as we engage with our world? Let me offer you a few ideas. In the face of the darkness of politics, we boldly pray for God's grace and his mercy. We pray for our leaders and our world. In the face of divisions, we speak peace. We monitor our, com- our contributions and our blog posts, refusing to join the social media rants and refraining from words and language that dehumanizes those with whom we disagree. We engage in respectful dialogue and seek to be peacemakers. Into the darkness of disease and death, we speak Jesus' word of compassion and comfort while we pray for wholeness and healing. I recently saw on Facebook that a former parishioner of mine um, who has had cancer is having it return and return with a vengeance. For years, this woman has valiantly battled. She's chronicled her journey online. She's written a book where she gives glory to God of how he has been walking with her through this. She's even been on television proclaiming her faith in Jesus and how it has helped her along the way. But what do you say to somebody who has just heard doctors say, it's back? What comfort can be offered to someone who hears death knocking at the door? What does wholeness and healing look like in the face of such a prognosis? I did the only thing that I could do, and that was I prayed. And I also posted that that prayer on her site. And I wrote, may the light and life and love of Jesus continue to sustain you in the days ahead. Then there's darkness in our families. When we encounter family discord, we remember that we are God's children, and having been adopted into a new family system, a system of love and grace, 
We don't despair. Rather, we bring hope. And we remember, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our mothers and our brothers are not the enemy. Our enemy is Satan. And the word Satan means enemy, the one who opposes. Satan is the enemy, and Jesus is Lord. Satan is the enemy, but Jesus is Lord. In our families, we speak the truth in love, and we forgive as Jesus forgives. To all areas of darkness in our lives, we bring by faith and in prayer the light, the life, and the love of God. In my office at home, I have these plaster hands that are intertwined like this, and in the middle of it, there's a little uh, hollow to put a candle. And sometimes when I pray, I, I light that candle as a sign and a symbol of the light of Christ with me as I'm praying. And then I entrust those for whom I am praying into the loving hands of God. It's my way of prayerfully inviting the light, the life, and the love of Jesus to sustain those whom I love. You might do something similar. And we can pray such a prayer for ourselves. As we turn to Jesus, we invite more of his light and life and love to shine within us. And as we do, we become beacons of hope for others. And we don't have to be loud about it. D.L. Moody, the 17th century American evangelist, once said, we are told to let our life shine, let our light shine. And if it does, we don't have to tell anybody it does. Lighthouses don't fire cannons to call attention to their shining. They just shine. As we continue through Christmas tide, may we shine. May we ponder the wonder that the word became flesh and lived among us, and that we have seen his glory, the glory as the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. As we enter the new year, let us proclaim to ourselves, to one another, and to the world the message of hope found in the light, life, and love of Jesus. Amen.